Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, we're going to have a conversation. Brennan and I are going to have a conversation with Barbara Fonte. Barbara is an executive coach with Big Dream Executive Coaching, where she helps individuals design the life they've always wanted to live as they focus on their core values, they focus on mental fitness and positive intelligence to really take those first steps to living out their big dreams. And we want the same thing for you. So that's why we're having this conversation. So sit back and relax. Unless you're squirrel hunting. In that case, pay attention to that too. But gosh, squirrels, really? Ooh, squirrel. Um, anyway, so let's begin. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? I'm great. It seems like a year since we've been in the same room together, at least. Yeah, I, at least last year. A few months. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, we're recording in January 2021. Woo-hoo! And We uh, made it. My wife asked me before I left the house to come here and meet up with you, like, when's the last time you and Brandon recorded in the same room? And it took me a while to realize it's September 2020. September. Wow. So, yeah. Been a while. That was crazy. Long yeah. time. Fun times. Fun times. Quarantine. Yeah. Uh, so Good anyway. thing nothing's happened in the world since then. So there wasn't really anything to yeah. report on. Yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty quiet in the uh, U.S. I'm hoping right now <laughs> there is a world for you to listen to this and uh, we didn't go into some po- <laughs> yeah, post-apocalypse true. type of situation. But, may uh, just live on the computer forever. Oh, Who man. knows? We're, we're in the matrix right now. <laughs> I was just saying today, don't make long-range plans. That's kind of a waste of time. <laughs> Everything's like 48 hours. Maybe everything changes. Who knows? Well, now that we've gone dark and morbid here, <laughs> let's talk with uh, my point uh, is live in the moment. Not, there we go. Don't 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 think there's future. Just live in the moment. And I don't know how Barbara's keeping a straight face, but we got Barbara Fonte on with us, calling in from New York. Uh, she is an executive coach from Big Dream Coach Executive Coaching. I met her at Podcast Movement. I probably said all these things in the intro, but you get to hear it again. There how are you, you doing, Barbara? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good. Hopefully, yeah, happy New Year. Oh yes, Woo-hoo. happy New Year. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> so you've already met uh, the two of us. You've you're probably already witnessed the uh, the ADHD that is us. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. Now, um, now you and I actually reached out to each other at Podcast Movement 2020, which was an all virtual yeah. event. I think Jared Easley did a great job there. Um, and I think what I was doing was just kind of stalking everybody's profiles when I went to a breakout session and. <laughs> exactly. and you know, I saw Barbara's uh, profile. I was like, wait, that's us. That's what we talk about. And there's this thing called positive intelligence that I've, I kind of have an idea what it is, but never heard that phrase used. Let's reach out, see if we can connect. And then we had a, a conversation, uh, during the, the, the conference itself and, and then got you on the schedule. So here you are. We have a free resource of how to stalk your next guest. If you just go to beyondtherut.com slash stalking, I no, think. No, um, <laughs> That the lawyers told us not to publish that. That's true. Never mind. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, Barbara. No, we never created that. This no, I don't. <laughs> Listen, normally I would not be so excited about being stalked, but in this case, I was so, <laughs> so oh happy oh to speak God. with you because it looks like we're, we're all trying to do the same thing. Oh, right? man. All my former coworkers from the women's shelter are going to be like, Jerry, come yeah. on. You know better. <laughs> it, it has a double meaning. But the, the, the thing I love about 
uh, your executive coaching is the big dream. It's like, I love people that have big dreams and, and sometimes people get caught up on, well, where will it be in 10 years or 20 years? Or, you know, what will the stock price be of this company? It's like, don't worry about that. Worry about today and tomorrow and then make some baby steps. And and that's what I love. But when Jerry told me about you, I was reading through your website and I thought this, this is the kind of thing I love to have on the show is how do, how do we make big dreams happen? Right. Absolutely. And I actually took on that name because I changed my whole life around and designed a life that really spoke to who I was authentically, which I was not used to doing and created my big dream. And I said, you know what? I want to help other people get out of, I don't think I thought about the word rut, but basically (laughs) that's what it is that I do is help people get out of that rut so that they can start thinking about and creating the life that really keeps them engaged and passionate and excited about getting out of the, out of bed in the morning. You know? What was going on uh, before you decided to make that big shift and, and go after your own big dream? Like what was going on in your life and your career at the time? Yeah. Well, um, let me back, go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people, I grew up in a house where I was um, pretty much a dutiful child You know, I did what was expected of me, and I was, I guess, what people would call a people pleaser and a peacemaker, and um, uh, I I grew up in a house that was, I'm going to say, at best, dysfunctional, (laughs) and somewhere, I guess, as a small child, I realized that there was not a lot of room in there for my needs and what was important to me, and that, and in doing so, I sort of took on the role of just making sure everything else was good. Everybody had what they needed. You know, um, uh, I think it, I developed a, a strong emotional intelligence because of that. Oh, yeah. But which is great, right? However, um, and people who have this strong people pleaser, you might identify with this. You go along your life doing what is best for everyone else, and not necessarily what is best for you, right? And right. so those. I don't know if anyone has ever asked <laughs> you um, what makes you happy. Right. You know, I don't know. I wasn't asked that a lot, but the few times that people did say that to me, my automatic response was, well, I'm happy if everybody else is happy. You know, if the kids <laughs> yes. are good and my yeah. husband's good and, you know, my parents and, and everything is sort of peaceful. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that way because I didn't, I wanted peace. I needed peace. And the, the problem with that is that you can get to a point where everybody else has what they need and you still feel unfulfilled. Yep. Absolutely. Right? So, I got to a point where I just, I, I, I woke up, it was early January, I remember, it was about five, six years ago, and I had put on a lot of weight because I was, I think I was just eating my feelings, you know. Um, and I've never just, done that, by the way, just for the no, record. No, you should Not try yesterday it. at all. I did not do that. So. <laughs> was it American cheese? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was spinach, right? Yeah, you there eating? you go. I was eating a ton of kale and spinach and my- <laughs> We never do that. We never do that. So I got to the point where I, I said, you know, I, I felt like I was wearing a Halloween costume, you know, or a meat suit or something. And um, and decided I needed to do something about that and made a little small change, just one little teeny weeny change. I was like, you know what people say, go to the gym, do this, that. I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want anyone to even look at what I look like. I right. certainly can't go, you know, go run five miles. So I said, okay, well, I, I laid in bed. I gave myself a nice pity party that day. <laughs> I did some praying, you know, God help me. And, um, and some in somewhere in that I said, okay, what can I, what can I do? I know all these things I can't do, you know, what can I do? 
And I said, all right, well, at that point, I was living in a house, we had a couple acres. And I said, well, I'm going to walk to the end of the property and back. And that's it. There you go. Which for me, which might sound ridiculous to people (laughs) listening to this podcast, for me, that was a big change. I was not doing that. You know, I had gotten to a point I was working a lot and I was very sedentary and so forth. So I did that. And just, and I may have even done it twice. And just knowing that, hey, I did something Mm -hmm. different was a game changer and it became a domino effect. And that's the thing that, you know, is important for all of us to know. One small step in a different direction can totally change your destination. Wow, that's good. You need that one win, whatever that win is. You know, I had had a counselor one time that told me, you know, if you tie your shoe, give yourself credit for that. It's insignificant to some people, but it's a win. You got out of bed. You, you walked right. to the end of the driveway, walk back. I don't need to run a hundred miles and lose a thousand pounds. I need to walk like a hundred yards and, and lose half a pound and start that progress. Exactly. And, you know, and I love that. It's like, give yourself credit for that because mm-hmm. we tend to beat ourselves up constantly. <laughs> so now you say things to yourself that you would never allow another person to say to you. You know, you would get in the car and just drive a hundred miles an hour to get away from this person, but you will stand in front of the mirror that you paid for <laughs> and, and say really mean things to yourself. Yeah. And, and you would never say those to your friends or family, absolutely right? Absolutely not. And if they said them yeah. to you, you would probably punch them or, you know, not be friends anymore, <laughs> but you right. will stand there and say terrible things to yourself. Absolutely. I love the way you put that initially of you. You designed the life you wanted rather than, well, I, I couldn't buy the life or get the life or win the life or have some other people make the life. I needed to do that. And, and that is such an important concept for people of all ages, whether you're, you know, eight years old or 80 years old, that you design your life. You have that choice. And that that's really mm-hmm. where you started. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash cap show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Right. And you know, but it doesn't look that way when you're in it, right? It looks <laughs> right. that way like other people did this to me and I'm sort of this victim. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to break out of. Yeah. And you hear that so much when somebody hasn't reached the goals <clears throat> that they said, you know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to write a book yeah. or I want to be an executive. And then you see them five, 10 years later. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I got, I had bills I had to pay or, <laughs> you know, I had, I had this car I needed to buy or, you know, the we went on this vacation. Bad. The economy <laughs> yeah, is bad. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. My boss was a jerk. They didn't recognize yeah. my skills and, and worth. So I left that company mm-hmm. and, and yeah, yeah. it's that putting the blame off on somebody else. And then you were talking about taking that personal responsibility that says, what do I want this area of my life to look like X number of years from now? What are the specifics? What will I feel mm-hmm. when I get there and so on? And uh, I'm surprised how many people don't do that. And it, it was a, was it Harvard did a study of people who had oh, actual, goals? yeah, 
yeah. about written goals. And yep. uh, they found that like the majority of the folks in that study had no written goals. And then there was like, they, they kind of served as the baseline as far as salary goes and their feelings of success in life in general. And then there were those who had stated goals, but not written. And I think they're their net worth was something like two or three times higher than the baseline. And then like, yeah. uh, it was like a small percentage of that <laughs> class or that study had actual written goals with, you know, even if they didn't have details, but mm-hmm. that small group of like 3% of the study, uh, I think their net worth combined or their net worth was more than everybody, like else, everybody else. And combined. this is Harvard. It, you're not talking about, you know, some community college where it's just random people. These are all people in the, you know, the, the elite of the elite schools and they don't have written goals. So what makes right. you think you're going to just wish your life into existence? It's like, that just doesn't make any sense. So this yeah. was five or six years ago. You got tired of the way you lived and the way you looked and what you had. So uh, you yeah. designed something different. So where did you go from there? Okay. Thank you for asking that. So, I, um, I started thinking about what I really wanted. I got to the point, I was close to 50 and I said, you know what, what, what's going to happen now in the next chapter of my life? I have more years behind me than ahead of me. So (laughs) I got to make these things count, you know? And, um, and so I just started thinking about if I could design like my dream life, my dream day, what would be in there? What are the things that really I like and I speak to? And I, I'm a visual person. So I found pictures of those things. I stuck them in a journal. So to give you an idea, um, I played the piano as a child. I, as adult, I'm not very good, but I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn about this thing called yoga that people are talking about. <laughs> that seems pretty cool. Yeah. I could stretch, you know, so mm-hmm. I put that in there. Um, I know how to manage money. Um, and along my travels, I met a lot of people who didn't, and it's been holding them back, especially people in at-risk communities. Mm-hmm. And early on in my career out of college, I did a lot of training. So I said, I'd love to be able to. I always said, if I, if I won the lottery, I would start this nonprofit where we would give financial education to people that don't know anything about it, that are at risk and, and you know, fall into this cycle. And, I, and then I just said to myself, why do I have to win the lottery for that? <laughs> exactly. So I put that in there. Yep. Why do I do in the lottery? Maybe there's someone that's done this already that I could volunteer for. So I put all these things in there and I love the water. I, you know, I love the beach and water activities. So I said, you know what? I'd like to live by the water. That seemed like a huge goal that I never <laughs> get to do. Those houses are really expensive. I yep. can't afford those things. Um, but I did live in a, a very, I let a very um, comfortable lifestyle because I knew how to make a lot of money and so forth. So I started putting those things in there. Once you know what you want, then the question to ask is, what is the first little step I can do to get there? So I put right. a few of these little steps and some target dates. That's awesome. Didn't make a whole long to-do list because that can be, you know, overwhelming. <laughs> and just said, okay, what what's the what's one little thing I could do? And that became a domino effect. And I'll tell you, over the last five years, what I have done is paid off credit card debt. Um, I had a lot of mortgage debt. We had expanded our house, beautiful home we had, but carrying a lot of mortgages and things. Um, right. We sold the house. We gave away 60 to 70% of our possessions, my husband and I, awesome. which was a, that I was love a when big, people do that. Yeah, oh my gosh. You know, people talk about that and I would always say, oh, you know, that's not for me. It is. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. It lightens you up. It lightens your spirit. And so now I live in a house by the water. Awesome. Everything in my house I love. So I got rid of all the things that I was like, nah, everything I love. So it's filled with energy and everything I like. And then the last frontier was what am I going to do professionally? Because 
I was making a lot of money in a job that just didn't align with who I was authentically and my core values. Mm -hmm. And like many people who say, you know, I'm not happy. I don't know, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm feeling stuck. I don't feel engaged. And you say, well, what do you want to do? The answer is, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So I spent a lot of time really peeling back the layers to who I was authentically. What are my core values? What are my strengths and how can I use them to serve communities? And that's when I decided to study more of um, neuroscience and become a certified coach and help other people to lighten up and be excited about their life. Yeah, like mental fitness is a big part of your coaching strategy. Um, Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so mental. So think about mental fitness like this. Um, we were used to talking about physical fitness, right? So if you're not physically fit, like I wasn't, and you had to, let's say, walk up a hill, if you're not physically fit, you're going to feel stress. You're going to feel the stress in your muscles and your bone and so forth. Well, if you're not mentally fit to get over all the obstacles in life, and haven't we learned that this year more than ever, <laughs> you're going to feel mental stress. And that's like anxiety and fear and shame and guilt and all these negative emotions that too many of us live our life motivated by. So, um, so mental fitness is part of a big picture that Jerry and I, you and I had talked about um, called positive intelligence. And positive intelligence in a nutshell is your ability to turn every challenge and obstacle into a gift or an opportunity. Right. And it's really, um, well, I'll tell you high level, it's, it's a, uh, application of positive psychology and neuroscience and so forth. But at the heart of it is understanding that we all have saboteurs that screw with our well-being. <laughs> and if we can recognize them and quiet them down, we're going to live better and to our potential. But I have small kids. I don't make the same amount of money you did. I don't have the same drive you did. My parents weren't college educated. I don't live where you live. It's cold here. My leg hurts. I'm just basically announcing all the excuses that people are listening to this are also saying in their head, but I don't have the same kind of car or opportunity. And one thing that struck me is you said that, you know, this was in January and you decided to walk to the end of the driveway and you live in New York. So it probably wasn't warm in January. So I'm assuming on day three, you were like, I don't really want to walk to the end of the driveway because the weather's terrible. That's right. I, and I don't like the cold, <laughs> yeah. by the way. So after <laughs> so, you amassed the same 10 excuses I came up with of your own, how did you yeah. get to step three and four? Because it's easy to start. Well, it's not easy to start. Yeah. But once you start, it's easy to find an excuse not to go further. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those little saboteurs inside of us will stop us from taking action, whether that's designing your dream life or just you know, having a difficult conversation with someone or making some kind of a change in your life or addressing something, there are always reasons that you can find to not do it, Right. to not do it. Um, and um, so it's helpful to focus not on what you cannot do, but what you can do. Right. There's always even a small little thing. We think we need to make these big leaps in order to make a difference. That's one of the reasons why I hadn't saved for retirement. I, you know, had a credit card bill of like $10,000. And I'm like, well, I don't have $10,000 that I could just pay that off. So I'm just going to, you know, pay a little Mm -hmm. bit, a little bit. But, and that was a mistake. 
that I learned the hard way that even the smallest things pay an extra five dollars, you know, put ten dollars a week in retirement, put whatever it is that you can do. It adds up small steps add up. And the best part about it is that when you do those small steps, it's going to change your perspective for the better. It's going to give you the confidence that you need to say, you know what, maybe I can do this. Right. And if you don't think you can, that's okay. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Do it anyway. Do that, it anyway. That concept has caught a lot of flack in the last few years of people are like, I you know. shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you absolutely should because I'm a runner and I love to run, but I had to run a hundred yards and then half a mile and then a mile and it was terrible and I was sweating and out of breath and I, I didn't have the equipment and all the other kind of junk. But until you get that first mile, you can't get the third mile or the 10th mile. It, it's like you need a million dollars for retirement. Well, you can't save a million dollars. That's impossible. So what you need to do is save $10 and then $100 and then $500. And you keep building on that. The advantage someone listening to this has if they're younger than us and I'm 51 is time. You have more time than we did. So if you start now, you'll get ahead of the game rather than say, well, I'll never get there. Well, you won't if you keep saying that to yourself. I just want to take a quick moment to share with you a free tool we give out to our listeners called Measure It to Make It. Our episodes talk a lot about future possibility, about what life can be and where you can take your life. Whatever that is for you, we want you to have a tool to be able to write it down, make it clear on tablets in a sense, as they say in the Bible. Because when you have your plan, your goals written out, Clearly, succinctly, you have a variety of tools at your disposal that you can reference all the time. The first thing is being able to measure your progress. That's why the tool is called Measure It to Make It. Because if you're able to measure where you are and see where it is in relation to where you're going, you get an idea of where your progress is. The other thing is you can identify guardrails. Guardrails are the things that you absolutely will do to pursue your dream as well as the things you absolutely won't do while you're pursuing your dream. And these guardrails help keep you on your path out of the rut as you pursue that success. So go to beyondtherut.com slash goals, download it for free. You have the option to sign up for our newsletter, but that's not required. This is totally for free. No gimmicks, no catch. We're not going to sign you up for a webinar, then ask for a thousand dollars, at least not yet. Uh, in any case, it's a free tool. It's called measure it to make it. It's uh, a few pages that are just going to walk you through. How do I identify and clarify my purpose, my calling, and then what are those steps to get me there? So again, that is beyondtherut.com slash goals. Go download it while you continue to listen to this episode. Now back to the show. Um, one thing that just came to mind is uh, going back to the, the, the topic around motivation, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, get past that imposter syndrome. Uh, one thing that uh, one of our drill sergeants said when I was in uh, basic training for the army was, hey, soldiers, from now on, I want you to consider yourselves working on either AM or FM radio. And you're like, what? Now we're all in the push-up position while he's saying this to us. <laughs> and uh, it was becoming clear that many of us were already those like being demotivated by the push-ups. And he said, um, now let me explain to you guys. AM is actual motivation. So that's where you're really motivated. You, you're going to carry on no matter what. You're going to get the mission done. That's ideally where we want you to be is actual motivation, operating from AM radio all the time. 
Right now, though, half of you are sucking wind and you want to give up. You want to quit. You want to go back home to your mama or your daddy. Um, and if you don't have any of those, then you're going to go home somewhere and just <laughs> wallow in your misery. That's where you need to tap into FM radio, false motivation. And you need to just psych yourself up and just take that one action, like that next push up I'm going to make you do right now. Push up privates. And then everybody's like pushing up and then everybody yells and he goes, yeah, that's FM radio right there coming to you live. And he's having us do more push ups. And then all of a sudden he stops yelling at us. And he's just counting out the cadence and all 64 of us are now doing push-ups where just a moment ago, 30 plus of us were ready to quit, go home, just throw us in jail if you have to. I'm done doing push-ups. But he got us doing enough FM radio, false motivation, mm-hmm. to where we now, just 30 seconds later, we're doing actual motivation. We were psyched up and you know just really excited from the wins that we're having. And I'm just bringing this up because just listening to the two of you talk a little bit, I was like, you know, that that is kind of true. Like, you know, you have a plan, you have a dream. Uh, maybe you go as far as to write it down, but then it's very easy for some doubts to creep in and some imposter syndrome to keep creep in or, um, you know, the dopamine fix on our smartphones to kick in. And then we get away from pursuing that big dream. And those maybe those moments we need to tap into some false motivation or some FM radio mm-hmm. until we yeah, ignite that. that AM radio again. So that's so cool. I love how you just worked through it. And then it was mm-hmm. like, wow, look, look what I can do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Every yeah, expert yeah. out there is that way. You know, yeah. they had to fake something in order to get to the point where they were, where they wanted to be. I think one of your motivations is really others. And and one of the things, and I'm a pastor and I'm actually preaching on this this weekend about happiness. And to really pursue happiness is futile because you'll never get there. But if you if you do it with the intention of helping others and bringing everybody else up, you'll be happy. You'll you'll get there. Now, one of the things you mentioned early on was you did that for the wrong reasons early on because you were making everybody else happy at your expense. Now you're more motivated to make everybody else happy with you. You know, you're raising your ship, so it raises everybody else up, too. Exactly. So it's now I always tried to serve others, but now I'm serving myself and others. Right. And so it's much more, in you know, internal motivation on that. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think is noteworthy in mentioning, because we talked about, okay, people at Harvard and, you know, some people might say, well, I don't have the money and so forth. I think it's important to know. Um, that people at Harvard or top CEOs, they all struggle with the same thing. And we all, it's a human condition. Mm -hmm. You know, I work with a lot of top leaders in organizations and and, uh, CEOs and so forth. And guess what? They have the same fears that we all have. And the same, like Jerry mentioned, imposter syndrome. They all fear that, you know, somebody is going to find out I'm not as good as they think I am, or Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can deliver. I'm worried about, you know, my kids and... They all struggle. The differences in being successful and what I've seen is that some people can quiet those voices and some can't. And so if you can, you know, take those those negative voices and negative self-talk and take it from the front row and sort of put it in the back row, you'll mm-hmm. be serving yourself really, really well. And you will feel happier. I like that because for for most of your life, you've had doubts and you use negative words and you you had a really bad self-talk. What if you did the reverse of all of that? Worst case scenario, you're in your same place financially, physically, mentally, whatever. But maybe there's a chance it'll turn around. And most people and I love that you pointed that out, CEOs and really prominent 
the the people we consider to be the best of the best, the Michael Jordans and actors, singers, whatever you want to use, they all at some point have to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this happen regardless of what my head's telling me, or maybe it's my spouse or my friend or whatever, I'm going to push through that. That 30 seconds of confidence can just bust you through to the next level. So when you got to the point where you really created this big dream uh, executive coaching, and, and I'm sure you had somebody say, well, you can't do this. I mean, I grew up with you. I know you don't really know how to do this. And everybody's, like you said, going to find out you're a fraud and all this kind of stuff. What was it that got you past that first six months? Because that first week, you probably had some pretty good motivation. But six months in, when the kids did stuff and the spouse did things and the weather changed and the world changed, what what kind of pushed you through that second wave of confidence? Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because – the best plans we have are going to go haywire from time to time. And if anyone is an entrepreneur or want to be entrepreneur in particular, you know, you're going to question what you did or what you're doing constantly. Can you have good days and bad days? And so that's why it's what gets you through is, you know, people say having a strong why, but doing something that taps into who you are authentically. Wow. that's You know, and, and what I mean by that, for anybody who's like wondering about this, Think about what your core values are. What really speaks to you? Maybe it's family. Maybe it's service. Um, you know, maybe it's finance. Whatever it is, think of the kinds of things that you admire in other people. Those are the kinds of things that you value. And then think about the things that are your strengths. You know, do you speak? Do you write? Are you good with people? Are you a nurturer? Those things. If you can take your values and use your strengths to further those values, to serve others, boom. Right. That'll get you through the tough stuff. I love that because you have unlocked the full potential of yourself now because you're exactly. not working for the money or the attention or the whatever goal. You're you're now self-motivated. You're driven by your passions and your values. And, and, like, and I think you said this. At that point, it really doesn't matter what you get paid or what it looks like or what recognition, because you're not doing it for any of those reasons, but that will follow. That's right. It will follow. Yeah. And it's about, it's about um, unlocking the freedom to do what God intended you to do. Right. And we know that internally, but how do we get that? Well, I guess more specifically is how do you get that out of people that are, you know, I went to school, I'm married, I've got five kids. I'm here. How do I do my values are this and my passions are this, but I don't know how to meld those together and make money or live that way. So how do you get them from the skill side of it or values or strengths to the life? Right. Good question. Um, And very often they don't even know what those things are. So we have to do a lot of unearthing right? because we're so busy. We're so busy uh, during our weeks and our days and our years that we don't really spend time in that self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember uh, my, my dad would, um, you know, we'd go to church every Sunday morning and at the end he would stay in the pew for like 45 minutes to an hour. And he would just sit there in contemplation, wow. thinking about everything that went on in the week leading up to that and things that he learned from that, things that he would do differently. And then he would look forward as to what's <laughs> coming up. 
And when you do that, you do some kind of self-reflection, you start to get in tune with what really, really will drive you and speak to you. So we we do a lot of that kind of thing, like um, a lot of self-reflection, pulling things out, finding out what really drives the person. Some people know right away, oh, this is me. This is what I want. (laughs) This is what I'm looking for. Here's the trouble I'm having. Most people are not really at that point yet. So we have to um, unearth a lot. That's really good because I know there's people listening, thinking, well, you probably talked to somebody, you know, like your dad that just knew. And it's like, yeah, they're out there. There's 1% of the people that are like, these are my values, but they don't call you because they're probably already living their dreams. So 99% of us are out there going, well, I'm really good at this and it pays well. So that's why I do it. Now, I don't like it. I hate it. (laughs) It's miserable. It doesn't reflect me at all, but I'm good at it and I get paid a lot, which is where Beyond the Rut really came from. You're in a job that pays well. The security's good. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not your passion. It's not what you want to do in life. And that's where reflection really comes. What do you, if you did just start tomorrow from scratch, what would you do? You mean if if somebody were to say to me, you know, I don't know what to do. Right. Well, I would, I would start asking them about their core values. And um, what if they said something like, well, you know, it's my family and America and cheese. <laughs> like, I don't, fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. Cheese is on my list, too. I got me into on. trouble, you know, for <laughs> years. But um, yeah. So I, I would ask them, um, what are the things that you admire? And mm. I would ask them to um, pray or meditate so that they could first get themselves in a state of relaxation because we're mostly stressed and you can't think. And the problem is, you know, when, when you're focused on all these negative things or you turn on the news and you get all this, you know, negative noise or even on the internet, it narrows your focus. We, most people, especially in the United States have a very narrow focus and we're zoning in on all of these crazy things that are happening in the world and in our lives. And, and when you do that, you lose perspective of the solutions and the obstacles and, and what really drives you. So re- resting, getting into a state of peace is like opening the doors. I love like that. Some people do it by praying. Some people do it by meditating. Um, some people do it by running, kind of getting in the zone. Like <laughs> yep. you said, you're a runner. Um, but that's, that's ground zero. That's the place to start. And then we can start looking at getting um, innovative with some different things. And sometimes you have to try things to know what's not for you, you know, and that's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. So this process isn't short. This isn't a one 15 minute phone call that they talk to you and then you're like, Oh, here's what you should be. You know, yeah. go, go do this. <laughs> Not if you want to last a minute. Yeah. No. This is right. a long. Oh, and, and by the way, road. I would never tell anybody what they should be. <laughs> right. you, well, you know what? We know in our gut, Mm-hmm. What speaks to us. It's just now we're not used to getting in touch with that. Right. Because selfish, for some reason, became a bad word. And I don't think selfish is a bad word. It can be. But so yeah. can TV or golf or, you know, alcohol or whatever it is. You can you can abuse anything. Being selfish is not necessarily a bad thing. But like you said, we're focused on things that are happening. And most of those we can't even affect, you know, politics and the world peace and all that kind of stuff. We don't even have any role in that 
for the most part. So what is our goal for our lives? And and I kind of sense as as you were talking, somebody saying, well, yeah, but I have to go to work this week because my electric bills due on Monday and my kid has this game and that game and, you know, the car broke down and the dog's sick or whatever. I don't have time for that. Because this sounds like one of those really long processes that'll take months or years or whatever. And mm-hmm. how do you kind of combat that initial feeling of, I don't have the time for this self-reflection kind of thing? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> people, you know, that's like the number. There are two most, the biggest um, things that I hear, time and money, you know. <laughs> and sometimes they're valid, but the time mm-hmm. issue often there's, there are ways around there because it's just about what is important. Where are your priorities? And so you think about it like a ripple, okay? Especially, you know, you mentioned someone who's got kids and so forth. If you are at your best and your peak and you're happy and joyous every day, how is that going to affect your child? Right. And isn't that more important than being in a stressed out state at the soccer game? Right. Way right? more so valuable. So we, uh, we challenge perspectives, challenge your perspective, challenge your beliefs, because I'm so glad that you brought up about the selfishness. Yeah, listen, we don't want anyone to be mean to other people, <laughs> but everything has a ripple effect, especially when you have people that you love in your life or at work, people that you work with, people that you work for, people that work for you. If you move into a more positive state, everything is better. And there's so much research and data on this. More positivity uh, creates better careers, better relationships. You know, sales professionals sell like 40% more if they have a positive space. Tech teams create better technology. Um, You live longer. You are healthier during your life. So many wonderful things. Mm -hmm. So, but we forget that because we place so much importance on these other things and these tasks that we do. Right. Yeah. Right away, we want to challenge that. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, you know, when you get the safety briefing on a flight. Yeah. They tell you in case of de- uh, cabin depressurization right. that, you know, these masks are going to drop. If you're here with your family and you have children, yourself. then, yeah, put your mask on first so you can put your mask on mm-hmm. your child um, or otherwise just pick the one with the more, uh, what was it, earning potential? Yeah. <laughs> but, pick the kid you like best. Here pick, you go. Pick the child you like best. But uh, what we prefer you to do is take care of yourself first so that you can turn around and take care of others. And, and that also, you know, for lack of – actually, I don't have a lack of army examples, but another one that was often told in leadership development was uh, you need to take care of you as a leader so you can take care of your, your team. And exactly. the people reporting to you. And if you're not taking care of your uniform, if you're not taking care of your health, if you're not taking care of your financial well-being, uh, your emotional well-being, then you're in no shape to provide the same for the people working with you. And you're in no shape to create confidence in the team that's supposed to follow you. Because, I mean, if they see that you've got it all falling apart at home, then and you're not making any effort to handle it in a healthy way, it's like, well... No wonder why we're working late all the time. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, dude's trying to avoid going home. Uh, or if you're trying to tell everybody they need to be in shape, but you got this big gut yeah. and That's you my never. That's favorite, a doctor who smokes. I'm yeah. Like, what? And, what? Uh, <laughs> and you never get up to do actual work in front of your, your team. And then it's like, well, why should I listen to you? You're not taking care of you either. And, and so it's yeah. very important to take care of yourself because then people look up and they follow that. And uh, you're in a position to actually take care of others as well. 
and serve others. I love that. Can I just add one thing to that, Jerry? Because, you know, we're talking about big dream life and changing your life. You don't have to have these monumental changes in your life to live better. So if you're, for example, let's say, you know, you wake up and, and you get in your car and you go to that same job and you go, uh, you know, um, same job and I'm not feeling engaged and, you know, maybe I'm working late because I'm not excited about going home and dealing with all of that. When you change yourself, those things change. You don't dread it as much and you show up differently and your results are different and your interactions with people are different. And, and all of a sudden that same drudgery job or career or whatever it is, is not the same anymore. Right. And, and people and, don't even need to read the research. We all know people who, when they walk in the room, they just suck the life out of the room. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, here she comes. I don't want to deal with her. <laughs> and, and in some cases, and this may be hard to hear, sometimes it's you. You know, you're the one that walks in and it's like, well, we're never going to be able to do this. You know, we're never going to be able to do that. And this is going to fall apart. And what if you just changed your words, you know, and said, you know, this is a great job. I am able to do this. I'm not in the shape I want to be, but I'm in good shape. I'm in better shape. I'm stronger, smarter or whatever. Stop speaking negatively and just try to use positive words because sometimes you're the negative person in the room. You may be in the room by yourself, too. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> I'm really sick of listening to me complain about this. Well, sometimes you have to get sick and tired to do something about it. So what are the first steps that you take somebody when they first contact you and they want to get started? What is kind of the first thing that happens with them? Yeah, well, first thing, I, I want to know why they contacted me and, and what they want. Right. And sometimes there's some quiet space when I ask that question because <laughs> people don't know. There, people um, sometimes people will know what they don't want, you know. Right. But um, very often it's just that they're they get to something has happened where they just feel like I'm in this life and it's not it's not serving me. I'm not happy. I'm dreading getting out of bed and so forth. So um, what we want to do is instead of trying to run away from something, we want to move towards something. Right. So we want to find what's what will engage them. And then what we want to do is find out what are the things that are sabotaging their well-being. So let me give you an example of some of these kinds of thought patterns that people have. And, and you might recognize this in other people easier than <laughs> recognize it in yourself. Absolutely. Like you said, I'm right? perfect. I don't okay. worry about that. But. Yeah. but some people, as we know, um, have a tendency to come off like a victim. So we have these victim feelings. Oh, it's never going to work for me. It works for everybody else, blah, 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 blah. That's a lie. That's not true. These are the mm -hmm. lies we tell ourselves. Some people feel they need to be in control of everything. They might have this strong what we call a controlling saboteur. I have to be in control of everything and I have to make sure everything gets done because if I don't, it's never going to get done. That's not true. Those are lies. Some people might feel that they constantly have to achieve and that's where they get their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And so we have, and, and there's a, it's a lopsided way of thinking. Everything is about achievement and about money and all of this where we know life is about so much more. Um, and some people are um, constantly looking for the negative. You know, they're, they're hypervigilant. They have, for whatever reason in their life, they started thinking this way because they know that, okay, I'm just waiting for the other shoe that's going <laughs> to drop. I know it's going to oh. happen and I want to trust people, but they always disappoint you and things like that. And so first thing we do is we do a quick assessment to see what are the things that are wrecking with their well-being and their performance in life, Okay job, outside a job, and so forth. Um, and once you start recognizing those things, what happens is you start seeing how they show up in your life. 
And when you see that, they start losing their power and you can start quieting those things down. So then we can open up to um, focusing on empathy, particularly self-empathy um, and innovation and creativity and taking action, laser focused action on the things that will serve you. Serve right. you. And the master saboteur, I just want to mention this because it's, it's uh, worth mentioning, is that we all have this very strong judge. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you, right? <laughs> judge. I was we hoping. judge. <laughs> we judge other people and we judge our circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Who didn't judge what happened uh, in the world and in the United States over the last 12 months, right? This is going right. to be bad. This is going to be good. We make these decisions about things when we don't know if they're bad or good until like years later. Right. You know? And and again, that, that, you know, narrows our focus and we can't see the good and we can't see the opportunities and we can't see through all this negative stuff, what we are capable of doing. I love that because I know there's people listening that are like, well, my life's not horrible. I'm not yeah. broke or, you know, destitute or whatever it is. And what I love about what you do is you're not trying to take somebody from zero to a hundred. You're trying to take people that are probably fairly successful. They've got a pretty good life. Their life's not terrible. It's just not what they wanted it to be. You know, yeah. and, and I know people that are bankers or lawyers or CEOs even that are like, I hate everything about what I do but it pays me a million dollars a year. So there's no way I'm giving it up. If we could take you and say, let's make this more about your values and and your destiny, even staying in the same job. And we're definitely not telling anybody to quit their job or leave their family or anything like that. But it may be that your circumstances are not the problem. It may be you and your mindset changing that to make whatever you're doing something different. Especially if you're at the top, the CEO, you can move the direction of the company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your mindset. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to connect and kind of sign up and spend time with you on on the mountain or the path or whatever it is they're taking? <laughs> yeah. Well, they can find me um, on the web at bigdreamexecutivecoaching.com. And um, for any of your listeners who might feel like, hey, you know, I would just like to uh, just kind of clarify what it is I want, um, they can go right there and schedule a complimentary 30-minute coaching session. And for a lot of people, that's all they really need to do. And just, you know, just mention Beyond the Rut and, um, and that'd be great. Um, I'm also on Instagram and on LinkedIn, Barbara Fonte under Barbara Fonte. So um, you can find me on the web. I love the way you put that, too, because you don't need to work with everybody. Every, some people may Correct. just need an assessment yeah. and, and you be able to say, you know what, if you do these three things, you're fine. Yeah. Go. You're, you don't need us. And, and yeah. I love to work with people and just be close to people who feel that way about their profession or their their life work is it's like you don't need me in your life every day you maybe just need me to say you know what barbara here's what you need to do these two things and i don't mean to wag my finger at you but people can't see the video so they'll never know i'm doing this but i talk with my hands too much uh you may just need a couple of hints a couple of just suggestions to go with and go do great things Right. And you may need to just unpack what's going on so that you can get clarity on where you need to go. Oh, I love that. 
I love that. I do that a lot as as a pastor. People's like, well, give me the answer. I don't have the answer, but I can help you unpack so you find the answer, and then you yeah. go off without me, and and that's okay. That's beautiful, Brandon. I love that. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we will put all of that in the show notes. And uh, highly recommend because getting an assessment is really like going to get a physical, or you know, looking at your bank account or whatever it is your finances. Find out what's going on, then you can come up with some solutions. If you don't know where you're at, you'll never figure out how to get where you want to go. Right. Love it. I just made that up. That should be our tagline. But uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me, by the way. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks a lot. Now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 244. There you're going to find a link to Barbara's website, as well as that resource she talked about where you can have an initial coaching session, a coaching session and assessment with her, and just kind of find out where do you need to get started? Where do you need to shape your path and take that first step to make your own path and live that life beyond the rut? Now, we're so glad that you joined us this week, and the best way you can pay us back is to pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, your social media outlets, or that neighbor across the street. But be sure to do it safely with social distancing and a mask on and then wash your hands afterwards. I don't know why you would need your hands and to touch stuff to share us uh, because all you need to do is just share this link wherever you're listening to us. Share it on your social media, that kind of thing. Email it to somebody. Put it on a flyer with a QR code if you like. Uh, Just don't package it and sell it because that's not cool. But until next week, when we come back, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.